To support this channel, tap the Amazon link in the description to do your daily online shopping. It's like this, it's like this, it's like that, like that. Before you ball, young niggas stash that your back. It's like this, like this, like that, like that. Ever I spend, I'ma get it all back. What up, though? This your boy DOC. Now I got an exclusive interview with Christopher Rucker, aka Killer, from the Pink Houses in East New York, where we're gonna discuss a few different topics. His ongoing situation or beef or whatever you want to call it with Uncle Murder. Him doing songs with Mac Dre. Ghostwriting for Foxy Brown. And getting caught up in a federal indictment. So be sure to check out the whole interview and big shout out to Info Minds. Peace. Dad, there was a dude. Um, they used to call him like Killer. I swear to God, it was, it was so funny. Me and him is actually all right now. And shit, but... When he used to come around, everybody would be like, I, I swear to God, it felt like it was Friday. When they, like Debo, motherfuckers on this block would be like, killers coming, killers coming, killers coming, motherfuckers start scattering this shit. I knew he didn't have what it takes to make it, and I had beef with that nigga anyway, faggot ass nigga. But shout out to you, Rob Love, but fuck that faggot ass nigga, killer. I knew he wasn't gonna make it. He was fucking with Foxy and all that for a minute. But fuck that nigga, his real name was Christopher Rob. <laughs> what up though this your boy doc and i got a special guest on the line chris rucker what up though you all right yeah everything good man sure you know same old same old word word so you from new york but where what part of new york are you actually from i'm from uh east new york brooklyn pink houses projects to be exact okay. caveman side so how would you describe the pink houses, like, or the reputation of, like, what, for people that's not from New York, you know, to get to know about, like, what's, what's you know, what's the pink houses about? Oh, man. I mean, pink houses are about everything, man. It probably was, at one time, we was one of the worst housing projects in East New York, right beside Cypress and Plaza Projects, and right up the street, you had uh, Linden Houses, Boulevard Projects, so, you know, I would describe pink houses like this. A hellhole, really, at the time I was coming up, you know? Yeah. So how long you been actually, like, in the rap game? I've been in the music game for about... I really wasn't a rapper, so that's the thing. Like, we used to just play around in the hallway, making music up, banging on the wall while we was getting that's money TV. and stuff like that. But then uh, once the fans came and shit like that, you know, right before the fans came, I started doing music in the house and just putting music down on pieces of paper that I was coming up in my head. And uh, what happened was, when the feds left my mom's house, they took my raps and, and, and drew it up like it was a statement. And they was trying to basically use my raps against us. Right. So, so you... that's what made me stop writing raps down on paper. So all the music you hear from me now, I don't even put it on paper. Right, right. So it is actually true that some artists, when they go to court or go to, you know, that they will use your raps directly, like print them out and read them back to use against you? Oh, hell yeah, man. Shit, me and my pops, I was going to pay my, my brother attorney, me and my pops, when we first get inside the office, <laughs> the, the, the the lawyer was like, who you work for? My dad looking at me, I'm I'm like, what? He's like, yo, who you work for? But that was the beginning of my first rap. See, when the fans rushed us, me and my brother was on our way to the studio at the time to meet uh, Un, them dudes. I think he was Biggie manager at the time, a couple cats like that. We supposed to go up there with my man Scooter. With my brother man Scooter. So but what happened was the fans rushed us that same night, and they took the cassette tape out the car we was in. 
And when I got to my brother lawyer office, everything that was on that tape was on the printout. Mm. That, did it actually affect anything that was going on or, you know, or y'all was cool with that? Not really, because remember, when you got raps on paper, you ain't always got to be the one who wrote it. Right, right. So even even if you say a rap, doesn't mean you wrote the rap. Right. So w- w- before the situation happened, I was just telling them, I told my law- my brother lawyer at that time that one of my friends who was already dead wrote the rap. Mm. You know, which wasn't true. It was just that my brother, it was just before the trial. So my brother and I wound up taking a global plea. They all pled guilty to the case. So the raps didn't count one more. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. So basically, you will say that the streets at the very beginning of your uh, of your career. I ain't even gonna say because you say you wasn't really rapping, but it it kind of slowed things down. How far along was this in between the time where you end up being signed, and who was you signed to? Well, my brother went down in '97. I would say two years after that, or a year after that, I was fucking around with the music. I actually. Um, uh, Dudes from Queens and them gave me a little play. I don't want to put their name in the interview, but they some they official niggas. They real OGs. And, you know, they certified, but they gave me a little play because of my background and my brother's background. So basically, that was my first time really being in the studio, a real studio. And then once I started making music with that, actually, you'll see if you go to uh, uh, Black Hand Entertainment on a Black Gangsta soundtrack album, that's me, 50 Cent, and Jay-Z. All of us is on that album. Right. Okay. And during, so during this time, was this the same time uh, you were ghostwriting for different artists? You know, actually, that was my first time ever being a uh, being on somebody's shit. Uh, out there, I met Cutmaster C. I met different DJs, fucking with my, you know, the, the old, my homie and Queen. So as far as as far as doing music, I was I was only doing music with them. I ain't do no music with nobody else, so nobody really heard my shit yet. Oh. Now, during that time, I wound up, somebody had us link up with my man Shim, which was, uh, he did beats for Beanie Siegel, uh, Buska, a couple cats. He was cool with another cat up at Def Jam named Eric Nix. And Eric Nix got us in there with Chris Lighty and them type of dudes. So I was fucking with Lighty, and the Lighty didn't want to disarm me, but it was right around the time 50 and Ja, all them niggas was going through that beef. Mm. Yeah. So Lighty, Lighty told me, you know, Def Jam ain't really signing niggas right now because of this bullshit going on. But, you know, if I could, you know, soon soon something pop, we gonna, we, I, I want you to fuck with Violator. But that same year, Kev Lyles and them wound up signing me to directly to Def Jam. They was doing some other thing with Rob Love and them on some spit records or whatever. There was just me and Joe Buttons over there. We was the only two artists over there. Oh, at that time. So how far along mm-hmm. was it? So who were some of the artists that you actually uh, ghost wrote for, and what was the songs? Well, I did the Brooklyn Anthem for Foxy Brown. That was my first joint that I wrote for somebody. <laughs> and that happened because I was, like I said, I was signed to Def Jam. So I had all this content, but it wasn't time for my album to come out. We ain't had no real buzz in the street. So we took, uh, actually, this dude, Pretty Boy, her brother, he, he wanted the record for Foxy. So I told her, you know, I told him, you know, she can keep the record. It ain't nothing to me. I got a hundred of them. You know what I'm saying? So she wound up uh, recording her voice on the record and deleting my voice off the record. So it was real easy because Foxy, you know, she really know how to uh, 
put our shit together when she in the studio. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Was that so a, it was like a one-two. Was that like a normal thing for Foxy and them back then for other artists to write for them, or was they mainly pushing their own pen? I think they were pushing their own pen. I didn't really know them, because like I said, I was both feet in the street at the time, so I really didn't know them. But um, the record I had was so dope, it was like, it was... It was undeniable. Actually, record was so dope. Diddy called me up there. I was I had to go to the meeting with Diddy. He even asked me, "Yo, can you do something for me?" At that time, mm. see me being a street dude. I, I didn't. I wasn't. I didn't know. How, you know what was important and what wasn't important as far as getting really both feet in out the street and into the industry. And I tried to keep one feet in and one feet out, and it, it wasn't balancing right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. So I definitely. That was a question I was going to ask you. Um, you know, do you think an artist could, you know, be in the game and in the streets at the same time? You say, no, it ain't going to work uh, out. Nah, it ain't going to work. I mean, you can look at the interview with T.I. and Jeezy, man. And, 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 and Jeezy said he pulled the dude, dude T.I. T.I. pulled him to the back and was like, what's good, nigga? And he was like, shit, nigga, I'm doing what you're doing, ain't nothing. T.I. was like, hell no, nigga. You can't do both. Right. You right. know what I mean? And that's probably one of the reasons why we still got Jeezy out here to give us that thug motivation. You know what I mean? Maybe he was like, you know what? Fuck this shit. Because it ain't going to work. Not if you're a real boss in the street. It ain't going to work. Right. You got too much to think about. And then plus, you got to watch what you say. You can't give them the real then. Right. Right. Definitely. Definitely. See, now, as of recent, when I ran across you and some of your music and all that stuff, I end up seeing some clips from uh, Uncle Murder mentioning your name, and he he you know he referenced you as like a Debo in the pink houses, and people were you know somewhat scared or intimidated of you. But then you know it was an interview with DJ K Slate where he said y'all was beefing, and you and Murder recently on IG was going back and forth. Can you give us like a little background on what's going on with that situation? Well, Murder, this shit is so crazy because that dude he. He never came across me, like, as far as this awesome street shit. Never in his life. Now, he probably seen me from a distance or, you know, what's up? Just put it like this. It, it was a lot of cash. It, it's so much shit in East New York, so many niggas that, you know, everybody got their own OGs. You know what I'm saying? See, me, I'm from an era where you respect the OGs. Rather, nigga might be on, nigga might be a dope fiend right now, but he put it in back in the day. You just don't go around disrespecting them. Right. Because they paved the way for you. You get what I'm saying? Especially if you still on that type of time. So I think murder just got a, mi a misunderstanding as far as who he need to respect and who he don't need to respect. Because I never had a problem with that nigga. And the niggas who had problems with us, like I said, I ain't got to say what happened. All I got to say is all my niggas went to jail. All my niggas did fair time. Every single one of them. Even the little niggas copped out for 10 years. Right. So, you know... That's my answer to that shit as far as uh, 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 having any type of drama with them niggas or nothing. I can't because our, our age difference is too far apart, me and murder. You know what I'm saying? But as far as I know, I don't know because he look old in the face, so I don't really I don't really know. You know what I'm saying? But my whole thing with this class, with, with this music, it wasn't it wasn't going at murder because they know I'm a better a better artist. Right. So I didn't want to go at him. It's just he said my government. See, when he said, he could have said killer. He could have said he's a million killers. But my thing is, when he said my government on K-Slave show, that's what made me say, 
fuck it, I'm going to hit him with this. Now, he didn't have to respond to it. That would have been cool. I just felt better. Nigga shot a shot at me. I shot mine back, whatever. But they got mad and tried to turn it back into whatever, whatever. But they can never go back to whatever, whatever, because, dude, he wasn't even there. He was on defense. Right, right. You know, and I ain't trying to diss me. I don't know what another another person could do once you gone. But I'm talking about when we was out there. Before me, niggas, niggas know who was out there before us, and we respect them. And niggas who came after us, they respect us. But this dude, he's just like, Yo, you pussy, you this, you this shit. Even, you know, just put it like this. If we wanna, even if I was somebody who was pussy, how would he know? You're, nigga, ain't nobody in East New York never take nothing from me. Nothing. I always was getting money. I always was okay. You know what I mean? So I don't know what he's talking about. Ben had money, 1600 six, 16 with hundreds in the crib. I don't know, you know what I mean? So I don't know what they, I don't get it, man. Right. So what do you think, you know, we, if y'all don't have that type of relationship, why do you think that he brings up, you know, even to call out your government name, why is he constantly bringing your name up if y'all don't know each other? See, this, the, 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 the thing is, when I first put the joint out, I added him. So he hit me back, you know, you pussy. And I'm like, I'm pussy there, nigga. You know, I'm trying to, I ain't trying to, because we could call, we could, nigga on the phone, man, we two men, we could, I could call you bitch pussy, we could do that all night, nigga, to the phone, to the nigga air sweat off. So I wasn't trying to get in that type of conversation with murder, you know what I mean? Right. I was just trying to let the nigga know, damn, nigga, why me? All the niggas you've probably been around in these last couple of years when you wasn't seeing me, why you bring up me, nigga? Because you talking about Dev Jam, why me? You, you even remember my government name, damn nigga. I was on your mind like that. That's how I felt. Yeah. You know what I mean? Was the the person in between the situation, name was Blanco? Was he trying to defuse the situation or murder was coming at both of you guys? Nah, I think, see, murder and that dude is cool, so I don't know. I don't know. He was just trying to tell me stop heckling murder. But I wasn't heckling murder. I was just voicing my opinion on different people's blogs. When they, if I was on it at the time, it wasn't like I was looking for conversations about him. Nah, this shit ain't about him. Right. You know what I mean? If you listen, if you listen to my whole the CD I put out, you will see it ain't nothing about him. That one record, even in that record, I said his name one time, and I really ain't getting to his real name. I said murder, murder. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because where I'm from, you can't really do that, man. You can't just be telling niggas suck your dick, doing all that without no reason. Come on, we ain't from that era, man. Yeah, yeah. How is his uh, reputation out there in the pink houses? I don't, I ain't hear from him. It's the thing. I ain't hear him. Not when we was out there. Right. Mm -mm. No, I ain't been after that. I ain't hear from him. Because my, my little homies was out there. So it wasn't like... I don't know. I don't know if he went somewhere else and got the murder name and and did whatever. I can't. I can't. I can't say he didn't. So I will never. That's why I don't be on no fucking media sites calling nobody pussy. I don't know what this nigga could have been doing. This nigga could have been anywhere doing whatever. I don't know. Right. I'm talking about when he was around me right. or when what I saw. The same way niggas over me could be like, nah, that's Chris. That was he was a little nigga from my project. And I got to respect that because they my G's. They older than me. They seen me when I wasn't even active. Right. But he, his story is, nigga, you, you, you pussy. Man, nigga, I'm not going to say you. I'm not going to tell anybody you pussy. Man. You don't even know me, scrap. 
Yeah. Nigga don't know me at all, man. At all, the nigga don't know me. He lying. He was, like I said, he was my man Floyd Artist. That he know. Right, so y'all do have some mutual individuals in between y'all, but y'all just personally don't know each other to that extent. Thank you. Like I said, East New York is so small. You see, a lot of niggas out there, a lot of shit is, is consolidated now. Niggas just squashed a lot of shit, a lot of shit is... So that's why I'm like, why me, nigga? Mm. Damn, I don't know what the fuck wrong with this dude. You, you know what I'm saying? You you said my government scrap? Like... So let me ask you this. So did all this start coming about once you, you know, I know you said that you left the rap game for a minute and there was a lot of things going on. Has all this been going on since you re-entered back into the rap game? You know, all this time? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. This is, it just happened because my first CD, I said, let me spank them and get out, get it out the way. So that way I ain't, I ain't dwelling on making a, a, a record back at him on some real shit. You feel me? So that's why I was like, you know what, let me put this record on here and get it off, get it out of my way. Now I can just focus on my music because my, my content is about niggas anyway in a different way though. It ain't about disrespecting niggas. I'm talking about niggas that I grew up with, niggas who died in the field, OGs in my hood, all the way from, from, from Tut to, 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 to niggas who told like Blaze, whoever. My shit is just about the real, everybody from the hood. My OGs, niggas older than me, niggas younger than me that put it in, even niggas that wasn't putting it in. It was, my shit is just the history of pink houses. That's my music. The history of East New York, the real shit. Right, right. So I guarantee it'll be individuals from out there that will be able to vouch for your story once it's, you know the music starts rolling. Oh out. my god! Oh my god! People cry when my music come out, bro. Yeah. That's how much it touches people because I'm talking real shit about the people, about real niggas who lost their life. Even rather it was some straight bullet shit. They ain't have to be putting it in. Right. Just growing up in the ghetto, you know what I mean? When you so just, my, even though even though my shit is isolated to a little area, but every ghetto in America gonna be able to feel it because they know what we going through over there. Right. When you just mentioned Tut name, you talking about the Tut that most people are familiar with from the Tupac era Tut? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So you See, Tut them before me. They before me. A lot of OG, they before me, so I don't really talk about them. You know what I mean? I let them niggas do them or whatever. I just respect them kind of niggas because some of the niggas I always heard about or, or whatever or was affiliated through somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody who probably was older. But that's the thing. As far as me, I respect all the G's. And that's why I was just questioning him about, damn, nigga, where my respect at? Whether you fuck with me or not, you just can't be disrespecting me. You, you feel me? Right, right. So all the, with all this going on, you know, is it is it internal beef inside of the pink houses? I know something that recently that just happened. You know, did you have any type of feelings, or did the community of the pink houses have any type of feelings towards when uh, Wack One Hundred and everybody came out there and filmed that diss song towards Meek? Well, anybody from my side was like that shit wouldn't fly over here. See, he live he live on the opposite side of me from where I lived at. But everybody I spoke to, that's why you ain't see him all up out there. Who don't want to see a star? Right. You in the ghetto? That shit would have been like the ice. I seen more people around the ice cream truck than that. Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? So that's what I'm saying. That's how people felt about it. You know, people, that's the thing with East New York. When, if it ain't nothing to support, they're going to support something. So, so a lot of kids, a lot of cats get support because the real ain't there. Right. See, when the real come, all that fake shit go in the house. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah. And then they're going to support what they know. See, right now, they just support whatever. But when niggas come out there, uh, no matter what you're doing, especially in music, if you're talking that real history, oh, man, that's what we're looking for, man. That's what Biggie did in Brooklyn. That's how Biggie had New York. Right. Representing the real. Now, with yeah. that, now during that 25 years, you say your brother ended up getting, were you attached to that case? Or when you got locked, it was for something totally different? I was just, a, I was arrested as an unindicted co-conspirator. Okay. So, so basically, I sat in the can with them until they went through their complaints. And if the government felt that their complaint was strong enough to throw me in on my brother conspiracy, I was going down on my brother conspiracy. Right. You feel what I'm saying? But it was they ain't want. It wasn't about me. It was more about him. Yeah. It wasn't about me. It was him. Even the niggas on our case. They could have been caught too. They wanted to get him first to make it into a, a bigger case than what it was. You, you feel what I'm saying? Right. So all they wanted was a, 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 a kingpin case so they could get my get my people's off the street, and that's what they did. They got everybody off the street. You know, I don't I don't want to go into detail because that's their story. Right. I was a part of the beginning of that story, but that's their story. You know what I mean? They, you know, you never know. They might be trying to do something with Lionsgate or something, but they because the shit that we went through was a movie. You know what I mean? Right. Right. And during that experience, how would you, you know, you was actually in the feds, so how would you explain that experience of being in the feds? No, nah, I actually didn't make it. See, I didn't make it to the feds because I was already locked up prior to my brother and them getting arrested. Mm. See, I was up north. I was on, I was on, I was home on parole. That's why a lot of people don't, who don't know me or don't know the story, like niggas be talking this stupid, phony, fake shit like they know me. Niggas, no way you knew my brother, you ain't know me or vice versa, nigga. And it's four of us. It's not just me and my brother, you feel me? So only real niggas who was really up under us know how many of us it is. So that's why these silly motherfuckers be getting it twisted on who's this and who's that and who's this. And we all the same size and we all look alike. Right. Right. You feel what I'm saying? So I ain't never make it to the feds. I was an like I said, I was an unindicted co-conspirator. Okay. So when we was in in when we was in arraignment, I got let go. They gave me all my brother, my brother Rolex. They gave me all his jewelry, and I just took off. And that was that. I was the luckiest man in America that night because yeah. all the agents had to do was go in there and lie on me. And luckily, that didn't happen. So thank you. Right. So let me ask you. You know. As far as the time span of whenever this happened, it's almost coming to that time for your brother to come back home. Exactly. So it's getting close to that time. Okay, that's that's what's up. As far like as far as the music scene now, seeing that you're trying to re, you know you, you know in the process of resurfacing your music and pushing and everything, how do you feel about the New York rap scene right now? As far as the people that's the faces running the rap game. Like, well, to me, to me, to me, New York is just slow right now on a hustle because I think niggas got lazy by having them buildings in Manhattan. See the difference between New York. We always had access. The same way you see, you see more Hollywood actors from LA. You feel what I'm saying? Because they got access to Hollywood. It's right there. So you could be walking up the street and run across Cuba Gooden Jr. He could say, I need you in this movie. So New York was was stuck on that type of time for so many years that niggas got lazy where they could just get on the train and go to Def Jam or go to, you know, one of these record labels and stand out front. Hopefully they bump somebody and give them their tape or a nigga might be affiliated with somebody who knows somebody. All that shit is to the back burner now. 
Right. See, so while everybody in down south and you from Detroit, everybody from Detroit, San Francisco, all them areas had to hustle their shit and grind it out their trunk and all that, and now the internet is here, they, they win it. That's, the, that's why New York lose it. And plus the machine moved down south. See, see with hip-hop, the machine is Kevin, though. Kev, Leo, Julie Greenwald, that's the machine. Right. So the machine moved to Gucci, man, and, and, and Migos and, and everybody down that way. So you, you can't bet against the machine. The only thing that works against the machine is the internet. Right. And niggas in New York don't know how to hustle the internet yet. It's going to come, but they just keep moving late. Do you, do you think that artists trying to unify or make the situation better, or do you think as far as where everybody at right now, they can do it individually. I mean, unity to me is always better. You know what I'm saying? But you can definitely become a millionaire by yourself just just dedicating yourself to your craft. And that's investments and everything else. You know, niggas about weed, niggas about this. When it's time to promote that music, niggas be trying to not promote their shit. You know what I'm saying? So that's why you see these dudes like 6 9 all these, these rappers popping out of nowhere it's because they grind and never grind. They grind in the internet. See, in the internet, long, like Charlemagne said, long as the, the, if the lie's more entertaining than the truth, then niggas want to hear the lie. Right. See, so 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 by him winning on the internet, whether he's fake or not, nigga, the motherfucker don't care. He making good music. Yeah. <laughs> so you, know, you know what I mean? And that's why I think niggas is lost in New York. That niggas don't know how to hustle the internet. And niggas, niggas got their phone in their hand all day, 90% of the time. They looking at chicks or somebody, or they help somebody else get money. Have you ever had the opportunity, uh, I know you say you work with Foxy and some artists out that way. Have you had the opportunity to work with any artists out there on the West Coast? Yeah, I actually got a song. I'm the only, I'm the only dude from the East Coast with a song with Mac Dre. The only one. Yeah, but yeah, Mac Dre, my boy Mac Dre, uh, actually the, um, Another G in Queens plugged me in to Mac Dre. I don't want to put his name out there either, but yeah, he plugged me in with Mac Dre, man. Mac Dre was a solid dude, rest in peace. And, you know, me and Mac just sat in the studio for a couple of days and made a couple of joints up. Just so happened one of our joints, they put out, they put, actually, they put it out twice because the shit's so hard. I, I'm going to put it back out. Mm, yeah. Around what time did this come out? I want to say 2001, 2002. They put it out. How did y'all end up meeting each other as two artists being from, you know, two totally different sides? Actually, Mac was fresh out the feds. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I was I was fresh dealing with a situation with them dudes. You know what I mean? So I was on that side of town, and they brought Mac Dre through. So, you know, my, my shit. Like, when I used to be in the studio, 50 was there. Yeah. You know what I mean? So... But that's what I'm saying. Fifty Cent was there, uh, Matt Dre was there, Jaru was there. Uh, I, I, I think Jay was there a few times. Nah, a couple of dudes was in the same studio. You know what I mean? Right. But my shit was just so real. I, I don't knock whatever dudes is doing. My shit was just so real that the fans wound up coming to the studio to get my shit. Mm, that's fucked up. Do you would you say that your music was too real? Do you think it held you held things back, or do you? I'm think- I'm a hundred percent sure it was too real. So how how are you approaching it nowadays? You know what I mean with knowing that if your music is too real, you know something can happen. How how you look at it now with you know your writing process? It's different now. 
is, you know, you know, the hero. What, what happens with media, and this is what the internet do, what they do is they train your eye for whatever's about to come. So with that being said, like, violence is so much on TV and the internet now that um, my shit ain't real enough. You got to go to Chicago to get too real. You know what I mean? Right. Right. That's how I speak about it because shit, if they can if they can get away with that shit they doing, then shit, that's that's what I call over real now. My shit is just facts. Right, right. Because I heard that the, the gun laws and stuff in New York is real crazy. Yeah, yeah. That's why I don't stay there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel that. Because they say, uh, you know, I'll be hearing different people, they say that's the reason why a lot of New York artists really don't show guns and pistols inside of their music videos because they real strict on stuff. You know what I mean? So I guess the hip-hop... is the, Now, back then, compared to now, you know what I mean? Because this just made me think about the hip-hop police, you know what I'm saying? You think that they specifically just target every New York artist when they come out speaking about certain stuff, or do you think it'd be the mistakes that the artist is doing by, you know, putting out too much information on social media and stuff? I, I think it'd be the, I think it'd be a lot of artists, but at the same time, man, you got them snitches, man. You got informants within these crews, so you know, man, that shit is like everywhere down. Right. You know what I mean? And people not understanding because you're dealing with civilian type of work, you're not understanding that the most of the people you are around, even your entourage, are civilians. Right. So you can't include them in no street code. You get what I'm saying? That's why yeah. you don't that's why I'm not everywhere like I used to be. Because there's certain shit that you live by that everybody around you ain't living by. Right. You, you know what I'm saying? So you you may think, okay, the niggas is fronting okay, we got hammers, uh huh. That PR, whoever with you, he ain't go up like that. Right. So he hit the 911 button with them. He a snitch too. Because he a civilian. You, you know what I mean? So them, that's what you got to worry about when you mixing the street shit with this music shit. Because you remember, when you doing music, you're a civilian. When you doing street shit, you're a street nigga. Right. That's two different codes of conduct you got to live by. Do you think nowadays that people got the definition of what a snitch is messed up. What what would you give the, the pure definition of snitching it to you? Cause you know, you got everybody say nowadays dry snitching, snitching or people like the reason why I'm asking, the reason why I'm asking you this, cause you just, you know, you're breaking down the difference between who's considered in the streets and people that's considered mm -hmm. civilians and that the civilians don't have to abide by, those certain rules and everybody throwing out this snitch card nowadays, you still go by the same, you know, rules as if you got to show paperwork before calling the person a snitch. Oh yeah. Because it's being passed around. Like, 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 invite, like inviting another man to your private. Right. Nigga cut your motherfucking head off back in the day for that shit. Right. But now it's easy. You suck my dick in the middle of an argument. Two hours later, you see niggas chilling. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they throwing snitch around the same way they letting that go around. The same way they letting this, you know, they, they, they I don't know how to say it, but they, they just dumbing down on the urban music with this shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the thing. Snitch ain't got nothing to do with hip hop, bro. Nothing. And what do you mean? Tell that to them execs. Try to pull out a gun in Sony and see what happens. You go to jail. You ain't going to call them a snitch rock because of their skin complexion. No, motherfucker, you ain't gonna call them a snitch because they civilians. 
Right. That's why. So that to me, that's the that's the thin line between being a snitch and not. Fuck. I, I mean, of course, a nigga gonna show some paperwork, but at the end of the day, these with the internet, niggas can make up anything. Right. Niggas can make up anything, but if you snitch, you told on somebody, nigga. Right. Right. And that nigga going with the internet. It ain't hard for a nigga to say, yo, that nigga told. Without like without going into like names or anything, have you ever seen or experienced a situation where like you just said, a lot of these crews be having snitches in it? Have you ever seen a situation like that go down? Man, not really, because I don't fuck with dudes, so I really can't say who got snitches in a crew or what they doing. All I know is the type of time we was on. My, like I said, my the niggas, my my brother and my people took a global plea. So that shit over on my end, we that shit don't exist. Yeah. You feel me? The whole crew, the whole crew copped out. And that's what you mean by when you know explaining to the people that might not understand what a global plea is. Basically, that everybody in the situation that got indicted all displayed guilty. Oh yeah, because this the thing. I mean, if you want to separate, if you want to really know how how some people, how some dumb niggas be caught up in a snitch situation because, listen, when you get into conspiracy, conspiracy means you conspire with others. So that means if you plead guilty, you telling us that you and them did it. So you wind up crossing that line of being a snitch, and if you're not street smart or got no fucking common sense, you can toll on your whole crew by you taking them over two years. You feel me? So that's snitch. So uh, as far as with my people's case... Nobody couldn't cop out because if you cop out, you tell it. Mm. Only way you could cop out if I'm copping out. So until all of us come to that that agreement, ain't none of us could cop out. You know, a lot of teams be like some niggas on team on certain teams be like, "Oh, well, I wasn't doing nothing. I just started fucking with them niggas." Yeah. Nah, fuck that. I'm gonna take this three years for this conspiracy. Well, basically, well, that conspiracy said all y'all was involved, so you just told me, nigga. How how hard do it be for not necessarily your particular or, you know, crew, but how hard do you think it is in those situations for those teams to get that understanding to all just, you know, go ahead and plea when they already locked up? Do, were people getting locked up and all put into the same area? Or, you know, how did that really go down? Well, you tell them they're going to separate y'all. So, unless you one of them niggas that's gonna tell tell on the road and you wearing a device, they are gonna try to keep you together so you can get some more some more fucking feedback on whoever you trying to lock up. Right. But it's a lot of them niggas. That's why you, it's it's so hard in the club. It's like it's like trying to avoid herpes in a strip club. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 It ain't gonna happen, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I don't go to them shits neither. <laughs> so if you if you had to explain to someone that's you know fresh up on trying to get up on your music, you know how would you describe your music and what's the name of the project that you you know kind of pushing right now for people to go check out? The project I'm pushing now is born in the trap, and the trap can mean from the spot to the court system or growing up in the, under the welfare system. I was a part of all three of them, you know what I mean? So my my music gonna reflect on all of that, all parts of uh, a, a, a black child growing up in the ghetto. So it ain't just about violence. 
It's about everything. It's about the good and bad times, the cookouts. It's about everything. So anybody that's from the bottom can relate. I got another project that I'm putting out. It's going to be on iTunes, Apple Music, and all that. It's called Ready Rock. The Ready Rock joint is basically like a remastered joint of some of the songs that I never got to put out. Got Swiss Beats on one. I got Baby. I might be the only one dude right now left with a track with Baby and Lil Wayne on it that nobody heard. Mm, and never heard it. And that's come. That's you gonna put that out remastered. Yes, I'm gonna put that out. I'm gonna put the joint out with me and Matt Dre. I'm gonna put that back out, and I'm gonna put the Swiss Beats joint, the Styles P back out. Now these gonna be mixtapes, or you say it's going on iTunes? Yeah, that's what's going on iTunes. My Born in the Trap Two is gonna be the next mixtape. Actually, it's already done. I just gotta record uh, the songs to it. I already wrote all the songs. Right. Do you? Think- and my mixtapes don't really be having no features. Oh, it's my shit be just all 13, 14 tracks of me. I mean, soon I might throw features in there, you know. Dude, I just want I want everybody to see how I paint pictures with my words. Right. Well, now, with everything that's going on with Baby and Wayne, do you think that'll cause an issue with you releasing that song? Or do you already have oh, I, I mean, I don't care. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm releasing it. I don't know what's going to happen. They're going to stop it? Well, they'll stop it. Right. But they, it's going out. Yeah, I ain't doing nothing with it. I pay, I pay cash for it. I ain't doing nothing with it. You know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah, definitely. Now I don't owe nobody for it. This is something that I never really get the opportunity to ask some of the people that I interview because I'm the type of person I like to know people's thought process. You know what I'm saying? Regardless if that person, if they went off to college, you know, if they went to veterinarian school or even if they in the street life, you know, I like to try to see the thought process. Like I, I heard you mention something about, you know, growing up in the welfare system. What part of the time in your life did you feel like the transition, not even the transition, how do I want to word this as far as like what made you or influenced you or what point in time in your life where you felt like, yeah, I'm going to have to, you know, go into the street life. You know what I'm saying? Or was it just a given you had to because it was just around you or, you know, it just you see where I'm going with it? Yes, see, today with, with these gangsters, or whatever you want to call them today, they sworn in. You know, niggas who join gangs and shit like that, you get sworn into a gang or a nigga might, you know, I don't knock what another, what another nigga do. You know what I'm saying? That's just what it is, what it is. But, see, I was born into the streets. I was just an unfortunate brother growing up in poverty around some bullshit. So I was born into this shit. We, we, we have to, uh, uh, get sworn into nothing. This was the same way how I feel about niggas on the other side. It's like some of them niggas ain't probably ain't about that life, but they over there. Right. You feel what I'm saying? So a nigga keep coming over there with you at shooting or whatever, you might not be about, about it, but shit, you got to get with the business because you trying to survive. Right. You know what I mean? So that's the only thing about the hood is, you know, a lot of these niggas today are sworn in. That's the difference between niggas that's born in. So, oh, so basically, it wasn't a situation where you had to do it out of necessity or for survival. This was just something, like you say, you was born straight into it. Where this was, it was no other way of life. Yeah, like the kids, like these kids today, they kids gonna be born into it. They ain't gonna have to be sworn in because most of these kids is on drugs. Right. And that, the reason why I ask that, because, you know, sometimes throughout my journey in life, I'll see some people that don't necessarily have to 
do certain things but they choose to do it because of maybe the quote-unquote lifestyle but then they end up being the crash dummies because they really ain't got you know didn't have to go into that life so i'll be wondering <laughs> people thought process behind you know when they're making those decisions you know if it was someone right now that's like that's listening to this and they and they in their lifetime where shit might be fucked up for them and they they mind just out there what advice would you give them if they was planning on going to the streets, you know what I'm saying? What like if you were sitting down with a young or YG right now, like what would you give someone? Doc you know, give it, how, what type of advice would you give them? I tell them look at us, man. I tell them straight up, you ain't no four hundred one k unless this shit tied to the street, homie. So you gotta think this one out. Especially a nigga that was late teens and twenty. You look at a nigga forty, fifty years old. You know. Uh, 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 a peace of mind is better than being having a lot of money, because it was it was a lot of times I was in the ghetto where we had money to uh, more more money than we could have. Everybody could have moved. You feel me? Yeah. But at the same time, you know, the mindset got to change. It ain't about how much money you guys. But once your mindset change, it's like when a woman give a woman give up mentally. You done. You know what I'm saying? Right. So once the mindset change. Then you're going to be able to say, you know what, this shit ain't for me. This is wrong. This is right. But it's just hard to look to get their mindset changed because most of them on these pills, most of these niggas drinking their syrup. Like, I, like, 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 like the homie said, we grew up in an era of niggas are selling drugs. Even though we was harming people with them, we weren't on them. Right. See, they, they own the drugs. No. So it's, it's, it's 20 times more dangerous. Yeah. And that's a big topic in, you know, in the hip hop community, you know, talking about the difference where they say, well, neither one is better. You know what I mean? But I'm like, you know, that was a hustling mentality of go out there and get, you know, get your money, even though it may have affected other people. And that's not to say that's right. You know, but people were mm-hmm. doing it for a certain reason. And, you know, one time I was talking to somebody and I was like, hey, it seemed like it's a direct connection. Well, if this generation was selling drugs to these people. Then it seems like the people that's growing up now talking about doing drugs, they it's like they the kids of like when the crack baby have a kid, you know, when the crack you know lady have a kid, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, yeah. So it's it exactly it was it's them eras like the seventies, the sixties, the eighties, and the nineties. You know, skip the seventies because all the baby, all the parents in the sixties when they had these seventies babies, most of them were heroin kids. Right. You, you know what I'm saying, and then the, the '90s babies, most of them, and, and, the, and a lot of these kids right now, they crack, they crack babies. Yeah. No father in the house. Even during the heroin era, you know the uh, the family, the mother and father stayed together. They just a lot of them got high together though. Right. Yeah. But the crack era, it separated households, man. Yeah. It fucked a lot up. So a lot of these kids ain't got no guidance. And then the federal government started, t- you know, attacking the ghettos. The same ghettos they put their shit in, they started attacking and taking the father out the house. I remember when I was a kid, and my mom was on social service and censors had to come through. And my dad had to leave the house. But they was counting to see if you had a man in the house. Right. They said they looked through the closets. You know closets, what I mean? Look through the closets or any evidence to see if a man was living there. <laughs> <laughs> and you know that was you gotta the, get you gonna get kicked out, right? Yeah, into a worse ghetto, ain't that something? Right, put you in your circumstances even worse. And that's the crazy thing. Like I was having a conversation with someone the other day, and it didn't even have nothing to do with it, but it was showing a lady like whipping her son inside of a barbershop. shop. And then, long story short, you know, the guy was basically like, you know, 
we don't need to redo what our parents, how they raised us. You know, we need to elevate, you know, just talk to your kids, this and that. And then I end up telling them like, you know, it's a lot of things that's different in the community now than back then, you know, and, and basically where the conversation end up going to why I end up telling them, I'm like, you know, back in the sixties, I don't remember what year it was, but some incentives basically start being given out to people for the father to not be in the home where it ended up becoming mm-hmm. a check attached to having the kid and the dude not there or, you know, cause I went mm-hmm. through that situation, but you know, this ain't about me, <laughs> but it just, it's just a crazy, a real crazy situation. And I just always want, you know, for people that have full fledged been in that life for people to at least get the opportunity, not to just hear the glorifying and the money side to hear the downside too. So they can make a, hopefully make a fair assessment of if this is what I want to do or not. Yeah, most most kids most kids want to be rich and not wealthy. Yeah. So when they see these guys running around with these cars and this that, and the third, they don't know these lawyers. These, the, 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 these guys are paying somebody too. When they get in trouble, they paying a lawyer, and the lawyer getting all that money he saved. So you rather be a lawyer than one of them niggas. Right. Because at the end of the day, that money he try he getting and he put in that closet, he gonna give it to you one day. So you, you can avoid all the hustling, all the killing, and all of that. And just go to school and keep your mind focused. The, the the whole thing is everybody is not born strong enough to make it out the environment, and that's the only thing I can say about that. See, some people got the bones. Some people just ain't that strong. Right. So who you blame? You, you you put me in this. You put me in this environment. You know what I mean? So I, I'm just doing what I got to do, or with the tools I got, the best of my know how to get up out of this environment. Yeah. Rather, that means you know if I got to take somebody's life to put food on my plate, some people starving that much. Right, right. Yeah. That's why that's why environment is important. So my 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 whole thing was my environment. I mean, I'm gonna adapt to it, but. Once I could get out of this environment, I'm gonna back to another one. I'm the, this ain't this ain't my homeland right here. I wasn't supposed to be in a ghetto. It's, it's an artist, and I'm not going to go back and really say his name, but he was mentioned, and not Uncle Murder, but he was mentioned when we were talking about some of the new faces representing. And I just want to get mm-hmm. your, you know, get your opinion as far as, because I, I, I've only been to, to New York like in passing, you know what I'm saying, never really kicked it chilled there. And I know in different regions, different things are accepted in certain places. Like, what, what's it like as far as on the hustle tip or whatever like that? Not even the hustle tip, but just in the game. How do people in New York look at people that play with their nose? Is that accepted around there? Or do people look down on people that, you know, play with their nose? Yeah, you're a crackhead. Basically, yeah. yeah. That's basically what you is. You know what I mean? I know a lot of people probably do it, but not with us. See, I, that's the thing. You know what I mean? So, see, certain people grow up around certain shit like them pills. Uh, you're, you're a fool. You're a user. Yeah. It's nothing but synthetic. You ain't hair. cool. You ain't cool because you pop pills. You're a user. Yeah. What do you think is going to take I, for I that? I mean, I don't know. The, the crazy thing is, look what they do. They fuck the ghetto up so bad. When a dude get hurt in that in that situation, you prescribe them this medicine. Yep. So now, when they trying to kick it, they can't even get off the medicine. Right. 
So them dudes, you know, I, I, I can't blame them. I, you know what I mean? But them other dudes were just popping in for fun in the club. Uh, uh, pop Molly, I do that. Hey, he's a user, man. He's a fiend. It's crazy. And I don't know what it's going to take, especially in the hip-hop community. You know, people do have to understand that they platforms as being rappers and stuff like that. Even if they don't want to be a role model, they still got influence over the people that's listening to their music. And they pushing that on them. I don't know what it's going to take. You, you think... What do you think it'll take to chart, start switching that mindset? Because the reason why I'm asking is I put up a video the other day about an artist. You know, we I was just having a discussion about, you know, they got, was online, on live, and was playing with their nose. And I just seen, I didn't expect for this response. A majority of the people in the comments was like, who cares? I don't, you know, let them, oh, that's, that's a rich drug. This and that, like making a million excuses. And I'm like, man, I just, in Detroit, we don't look at it like that. We look at it like you one step away from being a crackhead, basically. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. Like, you just thing, ain't cook it. Right. That's the only thing. You just ain't rock it up. Yet, if I fry my fish and you eat sushi, we both eat seafood, right? right. The <laughs> <Right. laughs> <laughs> simple as that, man. That's the simplest answer I can say, man. All I'm doing is cooking it with baking soda and I'm a crackhead. You putting it up your nose and, and you ain't. Right. It's your pure than mine. Right. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, the drug use and the homosexuality that's being pushed in the hip hop game right now is crazy, you know. Yeah, but the thing, the problem, what what I what, what I Richie Lee need to do is start buying up and building their own prisons. The reason why I say that is because back in the day, prisons when when they created prisons, prisons was designed to be eighty percent rehabilitation. 20% incarceration. Our prison system now is 90% incarceration, 10% 10 rehabilitation. So back in the day, you had guys coming home from prison, opening up Fortune 500 companies mm -hmm. for the simple fact that in prison they were able to get degrees, uh, 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 trade, and they were able to graduate college. Right. So if we, instead of just trying new gun laws, war on drugs, this, that, and the third, no. Let us, as colorful, buy our own prison systems. That way, when they lock us up, they got to return them back to us. Right. And all we got to do is rehabilitate their mindset, and they'll come home productive citizens. And that, that's a perspective I haven't heard no one say before. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's some real Because the most, if you bring up buying prisons, oh, you're a part of the problem. An ignorant person to think like that. But sometimes you got to be a part of the problem to be the solution. Mm. That's some real shit. That's some real shit. I you know what I mean? I a nigga can't tell me if they had to, if they locked your brother up and then gave him to young people's and what they going to do with him. It's just like you going outside and getting into some shit back in the day and the police bring you to your house, your mom's whoop your ass and put you on punishment and you knew not to go back out there and do it again. Right. See, they, that that's where we fucked up at too. Because what's going on is, if you whoop your kid, it's child abuse. Yeah. Yeah. See, back in the day, you whoop your kid, he learned not to do that shit. And my neighbor, because he used to go whoop me, a nigga won't pull a gun out because he see what's the name moms. Right. Now niggas will start busting with babies in the street and all that. There's no rules or nothing. You know what I mean? Because they took the discipline out the household. Yeah. They try to tell us that's wrong, but then they let the police beat the shit out of us. Yeah. So that's another thing. They dump, you know, they dumbing us down day by day on different levels, and we're not peeping it. But at the end of the day, 
like I said, man, if we, we brought up our own prisons and did that type of thing. The, the Jay-Z's, the Oprah's, and whoever else, they did that type of thing. And then when they locked us up, they had to return them right back to us. It'll fuck their mind up, man, because you'll see how much people will come home and being productive citizens. Niggas don't like making too many mistakes. Over and over and over again. Oh, no level. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Even a dog don't. That's real. That's real. So let me ask, man. So if people wanted to look for you, you know, I know you might not be you too tough on the social media thing, or where would you direct people to come follow you at so they can, you know, keep up with your music and movements and all your different, you know, thought, you know, thoughts that you put out in the world. Well, I got the, uh, you know, my Instagram is Gorilla Entertainment at Gorilla Entertainment, uh, uh, Gorilla underscore ENT. Or you can hit me, you can check me out on Traffic Control. Uh, on Instagram and uh, on my mixtapes. That's where you can catch my Born in the Trap CD. It's Fire 13 tracks on real, real type time. Everybody can listen to it. Even got some on there for the girls. Everybody can listen to it. Um, I'm just here to stay, man. I'm just to give it up real. That's, that's basically what it is, man. And it's up under... They look it up up under uh, your government name or killer. Which one you going? Yeah, they can look it up under Christopher Rucker. Christopher Rucker. Or uh, yeah, most likely Christopher Rucker because I'm really trying to move away from the killer shit. I, I just do that to make my um my hood my hood mixtapes and stuff like that. But I'm so talented, I don't even want that name really. Um, you know, I don't even want to keep using that name. That was my name in the street. Yeah, you think that eventually, like it a. It affect business in some type of way. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That name too hard, you know. And um, I like my government name anyway. Right, right. right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? My government name is a special name anyway. So any shout outs? Anybody got that name? Huh? Any special shout outs you want to give to anybody out there in New York or all over? No, not really. Just my niggas on K-Man side in New York. All my niggas in New York that's holding it down. Free Two Quan, Free Matula Shakur, Free Rob Murder. You know, actually free all the real niggas, man, that, you know, went down and took their time like a man. And, and that's it, man. Brooklyn. Word, I swear to God, I got y'all.